This is the first podcast in our series, Sharing the Mic. My name is David Phillips, your host, and my first guest is Laura Vaughn. Over the past 17 years, Laura has, with the assistance of an able staff and supportive board of directors, created not only a place close to the hearts of residents of the eastern shore of Virginia, but a distinctive tourist destination. For the next little while, we will discuss the journey that has brought us to where the Barrier Islands Center is today. Laura Vaughn, it's good to have you here. Thank you. You've been leading the Barrier Islands Center since 2004. Can you tell us what the initial attraction for the job was, and were you chosen to come here, or was the job advertised? The job was advertised in the Virginian Pilot, and my husband, who had recently retired from Virginia Natural Gas, um, saw the ad. Uh, We had just launched the last of four children off to college, and we knew that we wanted to live in the country and specifically the eastern shore. Just by chance, Buddy saw this little thumbnail-size ad for an executive director for the museum. That was how that came about. Tell us a little bit about your background. What were you doing before were you a housewife? Yeah, yeah. I I have two sons, and I was a working mother, and I never worked when they were growing up, and I stepped out into the working world when I was 41 years old. And I love being in the working world and crossing paths with people that I didn't know. And my first job, I was the 41-year-old runner for um, Hunting and Williams Law Firm in downtown Norfolk, and I loved my job. I loved going to work. And then my second job was with Henderson and Phillips Insurance in downtown Norfolk. So what those two jobs did, we were living in Virginia Beach forever. So I knew people in Virginia Beach, but Tidewater is um, coastal, so you go around your elbow to get to your thumb. And both of those jobs took me out into the community of um, Norfolk, Portsmouth, Newport News. I'm so glad that when I was the runner for the law firm that technology was not what it is now. And so when we did filings with the court, I got to do them in person. So I knew all the federal courthouses and the law firms everywhere. And oh, I just enjoyed understanding Hampton Roads, Tidewater, part of Virginia. And it served me so well. You certainly have a lot of people skills, which you brought with you. What is your educational background? I mean, what I guess what I'm trying to get at is, what did you have in your background that the people hiring you to run a museum uh, saw that made that fit? Well, I can tell you the answer to that. It wasn't experience, but it was enthusiasm. Now, that I had tough competition because they had highly capable, experienced museum professionals that wanted that job. And then along came me. I did have the qualifying requirement. I, I majored in history at UNC Chapel Hill. Um, I would say more important than my academic 
part of history is my upbringing because I grew up in an old part of North Carolina, and so I grew up immersed in history. But it was enthusiasm, and um, I was very fortunate that the people on the search committee, not all of them, but most of them realized enthusiasm was what they needed. And they said, what we need is someone to throw the door open to this place and say, come on in here. That's the most fun thing I've ever had the privilege of doing in my life. You and your staff have certainly had good fortune in attracting top-notch talent to work with you. Um, I'm particularly impressed with the relationships you've formed with Jim Spione, is that mm-hmm. correct? Spione, uh-huh. Spione. Uh, the filmmaker and Andrew Barber, the author of Hog Island Sheep Books. Tell me kind of how you guys sniff that talent out. <laughs> That's a great question, and it's so typical BIC. I would like to say at this point in time, when the Barrier Island Center Board of Directors hired me, they were concerned about how to make it all work and pay the light Bill, and that was my luckiest day because I don't want to say they were desperate, but they said to me, make it yours and do it your way, which was my luckiest day because I had no experience. And so I did, I was given this gift. So I followed my instincts, and lucky for me, when Kristen Dennis and Sally Dickinson came along, I had not been there a year before I. I had them in the nest. And so they caught caught the fascination from me. And everyone that came through that front door or up that front walk, we were fascinated with. And of course, human beings by nature, if you're if you're interested in them, they're going to respond. And they are so capable. So here's how we got the movie, ma'am. So Sally said, well, we need to do camp, children's camp, um, at this new Barrier Island Center. So we're going to do pirate camp, and we were all in. So we're hosting our first pirate camp, and let's say it's about, um, I don't know, six to eight children or whatever, and we're out on the front porch with the rocking chairs, and the mamas and daddies are dropping off these children the first day of pirate camp. And I look around, and I recognize all of the parents except one, and one child I don't know. So I was drawn like a magnet to find out who that was that I didn't know. I said, um, how you do? Um, my name's Laura. And he said, I'm Jim, and this is my son, Sam. And I said, well, now tell me where you're from. And he said, well, actually, we live in Manhattan. Well, when you tell somebody like me, that you live in New York City and you're on the front porch. That's a big day in my life. So I said, in my typical country way, New York City? And he said, well, yes. And I said, oh, wow. I said, well, listen, I'm going to ask you something. And I know better, and I happen to know that it's bad manners, but I don't care. i got to do this one. I said, so what do you do in New York City? And he said, well, I make movies. And so then I was in with both feet, and I said, well, we want to make a movie. And uh, (laughs) he said, well, that's interesting because I've always thought 
I would love to do some film work down here. He had been coming. His in-laws at that time had a place at Willis's Wharf. And so um, I said, well, we are in. <laughs> I had nothing backing me up, just typical me. So he said, well, I have a movie that I've made that has its own website, and it's called American Farm Movie, and it's on the Internet. So I wrote it down, and he said "Now he said to his little boy, he said, I'll be back here at 12 to pick you up. So I went flying in there, and Sally um, was inside the museum. I said, Sally, look, one of the daddies of one of your pirate camp children is a movie maker, and um, we're going to make a movie. And she was like, okay, I could sink my teeth into that. And so Sally and I got on the one and only computer, and we looked it up, and daggone if his style, his documentary, heartfelt, kind of Ken Burnsy style, was exactly, oh my gosh, it was like, it was as if he was born to do this for us. So I said, Sally, we, we're on, we're going to do this one. And so by Friday, when Jim Spion left with his son from the pirate camp, we had an agreement, a handshake agreement, and we were in the movie-making business. <laughs> so we, we, met, we got our movie-maker at pirate camp. <laughs> and really, that's where all of the talent has come from. We most certainly would say, especially in the early days, but I feel that way now, too, that it's come through the front door. All these fascinating, talented people that the Barrier Island Center has enjoyed and brought to the community, we have um, had the pleasure of having them come through the front door, literally. It's certainly a tribute to you and the staff that Thank you. there's been a mutual attraction so that these projects can get off the ground and soar. I mean, right. six films later, right? Really? Yes. And, we're, and we already know, I, I don't know if Sally would say has pulled the trigger, but yeah, I would say we have on our next one and it's a secret. So, But she'll be telling that one soon enough. Eastern Shore artist Thelma Peterson is credited for having formed the first board of directors for the Barrier Island Center. There must have been some chemistry going on when you were hired. Uh, can you speak to how your interaction with Thelma and those early board members inspired you? Or put another way, what was it about their mission statement that grabbed you? I'm a people person. Of course, I believed in the mission statement deeply in my heart and soul because the most enchanted part of my life, my childhood at Nags Head was gone. When I came back from college, it was now the Outer Banks, and it broke my heart and continues to that all of old Nags Head. The sparseness of it is forever gone, and I yearn for that. So when I had this gift come to me to become part of the Barrier Island Center, I had no idea how powerful my yearning could turn into constructive energy to save. And it doesn't feel like saving. It feels like old culture and the old ways and all those things, uh, all those wonderful values in the people of the islands. I couldn't get over how passionately the 
people of this local community had gone into their own pockets and bought a property and gotten on their own knees. Ricky Callum's told me many times, look, we stayed up all night scrubbing these floors down to their natural selves. That They lived Barrier Island Center. That is all those founders did. They were devoted to it like a child. So for them to have just the love and respect of the Barrier Island story, the unique heritage and the people, but for these founders to have come together and made it happen, seen it through in good old-fashioned ways. Uh, Ed Tankard, um, when you talk to him about it, he'll say about Dot Gibb and Amin Callum and Virginia Walker and those good old-fashioned Southern women. Man, you didn't mess around with them when they were on a mission. It was you could take it to the bank. It was going to happen. They did, and they supported Thelma to save this at the midnight hour so it wouldn't be lost. And the thing that's so cool when you have a place like the museum that those founders bought with their own money, people of this rural community bought that farm and bought that paint and scrubbed those floors. So when you have people that have made it happen like that, mission statement words and things like that aren't necessary except that they are necessary for a business sense. But it was it was in the air. It was electric. It was powerful. It was um, just absolutely on fire, and still is. Just you can, you can just feel it. So tell me, Laura, <laughs> what does the future hold? Uh, I know that you're passing the baton, yeah, uh, as ex- executive director to Sally Dickinson, mm-hmm. uh, but you're still going to be involved with the Barrier Island Center. What's going on here? Well, I am thrilled that Sally has agreed to um, feel the privilege of um, representing the BIC and the people of the shore. And I am in a role that is really um, pinching myself. I would say I have an opportunity now to spend time with the people that have been there with me since day one in a great big old thank you kind of way where we can get together. And and I have the opportunity and time now to make new friends for the Barrier Island Center, which, of course, is that same old formula. Um, Friends of the BIC love it so much that they, by nature, think of whom else they would like to know about the Barrier Island Center. So my role with Barrier Island Center now is um, shepherding relationships and building new ones. I'm a very fortunate lady, and um, it's felt like this since this came my way. Terrific. Listen, I want to thank you for speaking with me today. You're welcome. Thank you for being interested. You have been listening to Sharing the Mic with David Phillips, produced by the Barrier Island Center, Sally Dickinson, Executive Director, Laura Vaughn, Director of Donor Relationships, Kristen Dennis, Office and Marketing Manager, Grace Tankard, Assistant to the Executive Director. The Barrier Island Center is located at 7295 Young Street in Machipongo, Virginia, 23405. 
The website is www.barrierislandscenter.org. If you have comments or questions about this podcast, please direct them to bicpodcast at icloud.com. Until next time, when my guest will be Sally Dickinson, recently appointed executive director of the Barrier Islands Center. This is David Phillips. Stay safe and be well.